Now, I'm going to hurry just as fast as I can. I'm going to try to stick to my notes so that I don't ramble, but i got a lot to say about this tonight. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in His holy place? The answer, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Then I read a verse last week. I read three verses. One in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. He speaks about pure minds. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he speaks about a pure heart. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, he speaks about a pure conscience. And that in no way exhausts this matter in the Bible. There are so many verses that go with this. But it is, it, the subject is purity. Now, it's vital. Now, the subject is purity or the lack of it in the churches and in the individual lives of those who profess to be Christians. I pray you will listen tonight to what I've got to say. I believe that it's a message from the Lord for His people. And it's very important. Lack of purity. I mean, it is the root of all the problems that everybody wants to talk about concerning the churches and Christianity in general. You sit down and you think on it. You sit down and meditate on it. You sit down and think about what you know about the churches. And if you knew what I know, you'd realize that this is the root of the problem. It's, it's filth. It's pollution from the world that we have in our, us and we bring it into the church. Purity means clean. Now, we talked about that last year. Purity means clean. It means clear. It means not mixed with any other matter. And we went on about that. It means free from immoral defilement as well. It means clean, chaste. Purity means there's nothing mixed in with it. You know, the government will allow so many rat droppings and mouse droppings in your candy bars and food. It's allowable. With God, that is not allowable. God does, that's just not the way it works. You don't want it, do you? If you knew it was in there, would you eat it? No. But that's the problem. We don't realize what's in what we're taking in from the world. So we drink it on in anyway. Just like we do the food, the processed food and the candy bars and everything we buy in the store. And when we go to a restaurant, we just eat it right down. No matter not, without looking at the kitchen, without knowing the people that cooked it, without knowing how, where it was all night the night before. Did you ever go in a restaurant and get some food and it was cooked the day before? Easy to tell. Didn't make you very happy, did it? Wasn't pleasant to eat it, was it? Purity means that. It means clean, pure. So when it comes to a pure heart and a pure mind and pure lips and a pure conscience, it includes the defilement and pollution of this world that enters our minds and our thoughts and our hearts through our eyes and ears. How are you going to have a pure heart, a pure mind? How, what, how, where is the, where the, what are the gates to the heart, to the mind? It's your ears and your eyes and your feelings, the emotions. That's what the world messes with you with that. You know, tell you a sad story. You know, do something to provoke your sympathy, your compassion, your pity, and, and slip you alive while they're doing it. Sure. And get you on board with something that, don't, that is no good. You want to give to charities? You better be careful. You're giving to, you know, most of the charities, I used to have a list of them, and and they all were 80 to 95% of the money that's given goes to the administrative and, the, and all of the people that work there so they can fly around and live high lives. And hardly none of it gets to the poor children they're trying to, that they're offering to raise money for. Where it's supposed to go. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. That's why it's that way. Everything in this world is corrupt. It's rotten. It's defiled. It's polluted. It's filthy. Everything in this world system. Now, 
the churches are full of uncleanness and moral filthiness because people who sit in the pews are full of it too. That's why. That's why you hear of so much immorality in the churches and so much junk going on, destroying everything. Yes, sir. It's not the church, it's the people yes, sir. who won't leave it alone. The stench of all this rottenness is everywhere. And it's the reason the cause of Christ is suffering so in our generation. No one wants to get near it for the stink of it all. Is that right? Why do people stay away from church? Why do they stay away from a church that preaches any kind of holiness or standards or righteousness? Any kind of church that makes any kind of stand against the world and its wisdom and its ways. Why? Well, because the devil's got a, he's got plenty to keep everything stinking in the churches. Purity is now scoffed at and held in contempt by most that sit in the church pews. You let a young woman in the church try to be pure and let it be known that that's what she's after. And the whorish women in the church will make fun of her and sneer at her and turn up their noses at her. Is that right? It is absolutely right. And you know it is. I've been, been in this for a while and I know how it is and how everything works. Uncleanness is defended and pitied while purity is counted as some kind of evil. Now David in his prayer of deep repentance in Psalm 51 referred at least seven times to being clean. David had sinned. He was defiled, polluted. He was filthy. He was soiled. And his prayer of repentance at least seven times included saying such things as uh, being clean. Blot out, he said, my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Purge me and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Blot out all mine iniquities. And create in me a clean heart, O oh God. What was he wanting? Purity. He wanted to be clean again. Yes. That was his concern. That ought to be the concern of everybody that knows or loves God yes. or cares anything about Him. Yes. It, it shouldn't be in performing religious writs or being religious or knowing all you can know about religion and the Bible and all of that. You ought to have a desire to be pure more than anything else. You shouldn't want to stink in the sight of God. Renew a right spirit within me, he said. We'll not have a right spirit when we are defiled and unclean inside. Why do people have their spirits messed up? What, 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 is, what caused that? An unclean spirit. That's what you call it. That's, we talked about that last week. An unclean spirit is... Always the beginning of uncleanness. Being clean is vital to our spiritual welfare, our Christian testimony, to our posterity, to our children, to our grandchildren. Being pure is vital to their survival. I don't know how I could make that understood. You just don't know what days we're living in, people don't, and what the future holds. And without purity, there's no hope. No hope. It's vital to our spiritual welfare. It's vital to our posterity. It's vital to God's work on earth. God's work is dead in the water if the people who are called by His name are filthy and polluted and impure. That's right. Morally, physically, anyway. And you know that's right. That's how you feel about it. That's how, that's what, that's the way you receive it. You're not going to receive instruction from somebody that's morally or physically unclean. Will you? You dismiss it out of hand. It's not an option. It's a necessity. And without clean hearts and clean minds and clean consciences and clean hands, that's our testimony, and clean mouths, all is lost. Now, impure, Webster's 1828 Dictionary. 
not pure. Is that, does that, did I go above anybody's head right there? <laughs> impure means not pure. Pure means clean. Impure means dirty. Not pure, foul. Feculent. Can any of you decipher what that word means? Mm -hmm. Tinctured, mixed or impregnated with extraneous substance as impure water or air. Obscene as impure language or ideas. Unchaste, lewd, unclean as impure actions. Defiled by sin or guilt. Unholy as persons. Unhallowed, unholy as things. So we got persons and things and actions and words that can be impure. Impure. Are your words pure? Let me give you some synonyms of what we're talking about here tonight. Now just bear with me. There, there is endless. I guess there are endless because I just finally gave up and said, that's enough. Here's your 25 or 26 synonyms for impure, polluted. All right. Impure, polluted, unclean, defiled, adulterated. You see where that word gets its root? It's unclean, impure, corrupt. That's like a dead animal laying on the road stinking. That's what we're talking about. Contaminated. Diluted. That's watered down. Mixed with something else. To weaken it. Dirty. Debased. Feculent. That's like feces. This, for those of you who don't get it, that's what it means. Mixed with that. Unclean. Impure. Synonyms for that word. Filthy. Foul. Immodest. Gross. That's what that word really does mean. You know, people have used it kind of like a slang word and thought it was a slang word, but that's what it means. That's exactly what it means. Impure. Polluted. Let me find my place again. There it is. Infected. Infected. Do you understand how purity and impurity affects all this? If you're infected with a disease, what has happened? Something has got in your body. It don't belong there. Bacteria. Viruses. Poison. You're infected with it. And what does it do? Does it help you? No, it's liable to destroy you. It's going to make you sick at the best and kill you at the worst. This all applies spiritually as well. And that's where the focus is tonight. It means sullied, nasty, obscene, profaned, smutty, soiled, Sorted, tainted, unchaste, vile, uh, vitiated. All right, now so there's you a bunch of words that mean the same thing. How can we be so blind to uncleanness in our heart and in our mind and our thoughts and our lips? How can we be so un unconscious of it? Blind to it? Have you ever, ever, does anybody else do this or is it just a thing that I do? Do you think about people 150 or 200 years ago listening to a conversation we're having and the words we use and the way we talk? Or listening to some music, worldly or Christian or whatever you want to call it now. Music! How profane it would be to them. A real pure mind and a real pure heart and a real pure conscience has a hard time in a filthy world like this. Yes, sir. Yes, it does. And that's why we're in big trouble. Because how can we fight it? If moral uncleanness had a smell to it like physical uncleanness does, it'd make it much easier to avoid, wouldn't it? You'd think. If ungodliness smell like the death it produces, more people might turn from it to live godly, you would think. And if worldliness stank like the rotten fruit it bears, it wouldn't be so popular among many who profess to be Christians. And if one touch of any of those rotten, polluted, defiling things 
made us sick as salmonella does or other food poisons, we'd be more careful and attentive about their entry into our minds and hearts and, and the minds and hearts of our children. Are you listening to me? Yes, if we could smell it, if we could see it for what it really is, if we could see where it's really going to end, this road, we'd back up. But we can't. The devil paints a pretty picture. You've heard that little cliche all through the years, haven't you? It's true. He does. He makes it look pleasant to the eyes and to be desired, to make one wise. And all of that. But it's death. Uncleanness is death. And it's rottenness and foulness and pollution that'll leave its effects on us and on our children as long as we and they live on this earth. You need to understand that. Moral filthiness and Filthiness of spirit and mind and heart. Pollution there. You can't just wash that away with water. You can't just go take a shower and all is well. The pollution is more. It's more than just a few selected things that we put on a thou shall not list. It's everywhere. And we're immersed in it. I told you last week we're swimming in it. We're, and we are going to be exposed to immodesty, to nudity, to pornography, to immorality, to profanity, and the hellish music from the mind of the devil himself. And we have to learn to deal with it as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Just like a soldier would deal with an enemy who's assailing him on the battlefield. We've got to learn to deal with it. We're not going to escape it. The children are not going to escape it. They're going to be exposed to every one of those things and much more. I promise you. We live in this world. And it's everywhere. Everywhere. And it doesn't matter where you go, you're not going to escape it. Your best efforts you're going to do, you're not going to escape it. You're going to have to learn how to be pure in a filthy world. And the only way that we can overcome the pollution of this ungodly world is to fill our mind with the Word of God and with God Himself. And you say, that's simple. It is not so simple. If it's so simple, why isn't everybody doing it? Why are so few hearing the Word? Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That was, that, that was the prayer of the psalmist. There you go again. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. What's he seeking after? Purity. Purity. We can't even sit in church for, a, for any length of time. If I preach 30 minutes, most people wouldn't hear 10 of it because they're thinking about something else. Their mind's so full of cares and of other things choking it out. They don't hear. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable. Are you acceptable to God right now? Now you just think about it. Your mind, your heart, your thoughts. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26 now this is talking about Christ sanctifying His bride, the church. And it says this, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. That's talking about Christ, His bride, the church. How is He going to sanctify us? It's right there. Plain as day. I just read it. The washing of water by the Word. What's going to clean your, keep your mind clean and pure? The only one thing, the Word of God. And you're going to have to have your mind full of it. You're going to have to know it. You're going to have to meditate on it. Is, is meditating on the, the wisdom, the ideas, the fairy tales of the world, is that acceptable in the sight of God? No. Where's God when you're meditating on all that stuff? He ain't nowhere around. You've forgotten Him. 
Our minds and hearts can't be full of God when we give place to the devil and his polluted and corrupt images and music and sensual suggestions. Is anybody listening to me? People who profess to be Christians would not be seen entering or leaving a liquor store or a prostitute's house, would you? It's always been a thing, you know. The Baptists had they their their door to the liquor stores in the back. Ha ha ha! They don't want to be seen coming in the front, you know. Avoid all appearance of it. See, but we slide right up to the devil's table. And the Hollywood and Netflix and all the other avenues of delivery of the trash with all the rest of the world and we take our fill just like they do. It's filth. Who could argue that Hollywood is not filth? Who could argue that Netflix, you know where they're at now? Well, I just watch Hallmark movies. They're making gay movies now. It is all trash. Filthiness. It's pollution. Say, but they don't cuss and there's no nudity. You think that's all that matters? No, sir. All that is filth and corruption, but the worst corruption is that which comes from the wisdom of the world and its philosophies. And I've always said this. I've always said this. The TV, you pipe it into your house and you sit and listen to that, you're going to hear cussing and profanity and you're going to see nudity and everything under the sun. And that's bad. But the worst, far worse thing that you're doing is you're letting them program your mind and your children to their philosophies and way of thinking. That's the worst thing. That's the most impure thing. That's the most pollution that you're going to take in is from that. All the rest of it's everywhere. You go to the gas station, you're going to hear somebody cuss. Mm -hmm. You go in the grocery store and you're going to see nudity as you walk around. You're going to see filth on the magazine rack as you go out. It's everywhere. But it's the philosophies. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware. Lest any man spoil you. That means ruin you. Take everything you got away from you. <laughs> Beware. Are you going to lose it all? Through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men. And after the rudiments of the world. And not after Christ. Rudiments of the world. You know what that means? That means they're basic things that they believe. The way they do things. The way they see things. The way they understand things. You're going to get spoiled by them. You're going to lose everything you got. You're going to lose your soul eventually by listening to them. The nudity and the profanity that's on TV and the internet and Facebook and TikTok and all the advertisements and the billboards and the checkout magazine racks is not the most corrupt and poisonous thing to your soul. To your soul. The most poisonous, noxious, defiling, polluting things are those which you swallow down from the world's philosophies. The way they think, the way they reason, the, the attitude they take, the posture they take toward the church, toward God, toward God's people, toward what's right, toward what's always been right and what's always been wrong. When you swallow that down, you're defiled. Badly. The devil has the microphone now. And everybody's listening. And I'm crying aloud the warning like a watchman is supposed to do. But I don't know if anybody's listening or not. I'll tell you. In the best churches that we have left. Think about that. In the best churches that we have left. The world's philosophies about the most important things of life are what most of the people who sit in those pews subscribe to. That is right. I'm telling you. I can only preach to people who listen. That's, that's, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. That's what Jesus said repeatedly. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. The rest of you, you're going to be a total bust. 
I found after 40, over 40 years of preaching and watching other men preach that people sitting in the pew, sitting in what are called Bible-believing churches, they'll listen to the world's counsel a hundred to one before they'll listen and heed God's counsel from a preacher or from the Bible itself. That's what I've seen. That's what I know. And their minds are polluted. And their hearts are polluted. And they are not pure in mind or heart or conscience. And that's why there's strife and envy and bitterness and ungodliness and immorality and hatred all among them. That's why. It wouldn't be that way. That's why there's dirty stuff going on that just absolutely destroys churches. Wipes them out. It's always the same. I can go back through the years and I can show you every time, everything I've ever known, it, it always comes back to this. They're not even pure in conversation. They either use straight out profanity or they use minstos where you change one letter in the profane word and just go ahead and say it. Mm-hmm. That ain't they don't they don't even recognize the filth, the pollution of it. They don't even realize where it came from. Where where they got it from. They're infected with profanity and won't acknowledge it. Won't own up to it. Their minds are polluted. The, this worldly pollution has defiled the way most people in the churches think, both young and old, about marriage, about rearing and training children, about what's most important in life. This worldly philosophy, the way the world thinks about everything. That's what's running the churches. I'm telling you. And about respect and reverence for anyone or anything holy. Now, cleanliness is out and filthiness is in. If you want to be clean, you're the oddball. You're the one that's put down, looked down upon, spoken against. That's right. Physically and spiritually, both. Morally, all the same. You're just too... Holier than thou. Yeah, you about, that's been about worn out, don't you think? Holier than thou. That's the sinner's... Boy, if that's the only defense he can come up with, he's got a weak defense. He's got a weak shield there. I said the devil has the microphone and he does. Every bit of worldly advice starts with denying. Listen to me. Every bit of worldly advice. I've been watching. Every bit of it starts with denying established truth. Everything the way it's always been, it's all been wrong. The way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we... Everything we do, everything's wrong. Always been wrong. Now this generation that is wise in their own eyes has figured it out for us. And they're all out there with with computers and tablets and phones uh, selling their wares. Did they start out denying established truth, denying sources of truth, conventional wisdom, millennia of human experience, and most of all replacing God's ways with sinful, perverted, polluted men's ways. Look at here. Here's just the beginning of an ad I read today about how to save your marriage. Now, our marriage is not in trouble. It's, I just seen this and I thought, hmm. What was the title of it? I forgot. Uh, uh, Lion Like Man or something like that. I forgot. Yeah. All right, now listen. This quote. This is how it started out. Here's exactly how God healed my marriage. And no... It was not because I followed the typical church advice to men. Did any of you get it? Would any of you back up right there and say, Well, let me continue. 
I didn't, it wasn't because God saved my marriage, but it wasn't because I listened to the people at church tell me anything. The typical church advice to men, love her more like Jesus. That ain't good enough. Pray harder because God is using this to build your character. Buy her flowers. Send her love notes. Kiss her more. Read the Bible together. I was already trying those things. They weren't working. I was going crazy trying to love my wife when in reality all I was doing was pushing her away. And no matter how hard I prayed, I was stuck and our marriage was hurting. I didn't know it, but all I was doing was needing my wife. I was whiny. I was manipulative. I was trying to perform all those romantic tasks so I could get what I needed from her. What a bunch of lies. God healed his marriage because he turned from the typical church advice, such as love her like Jesus does. Do you see that? Do you see the... Do, do you hear the voice of the devil in that? So praying didn't work for him and loving didn't work for him and the Word of God didn't work for him and the church, the pillar and the ground of the truth didn't help him. But God healed his marriage when he found himself and came up with his own answers that he'll share with you for $7.90. <laughs> Some of you heard only part of that and you're probably sitting there thinking, well, now there's some truth in what he said. That's exactly what happened to Eve in the garden. Do you understand that? What does the devil use for bait? A little bit of truth. Who's he looking for when he uses that little bit of truth? Well, it's people who, who believe the truth. Who want the truth. Or think they want the truth. It is the devil's way, his method, his deceitfulness. I gave you that to just for an illustration. That is the, that's the rudiments of the world. That's the philosophy, that's the vain philosophy of this world. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. And I don't care, I mean, all of you except dad is, is half my age or, or I'm at least, I've been in this at least twice as long as you have. Do you think that I don't know what is in the churches? Do you think that I've never found pride and arrogancy and fools in behind pulpits? Do you think that I've never seen the corruption and the adultery and the fornication and the sodomy in the churches and the crooked deals and the hatred and all of it goes with it? But it is still the church that Christ bought with His blood. And the church is still the pillar and the ground of the truth. Yes. And you get outside of that, you're drinking out of the sewer. You are. If you can't get your answers right here, they ain't none for you except what the world's got. And it's garbage and poison and trash. And it'll ruin your lives and your children forever. Yes, it will. You better learn to live by faith on the Word of God. You better learn to believe God. And you better be pure in heart, pure in mind. Pure in, that's the mark we strive for. It's the devil's way. God never starts by directing you away from the church or the Word of God. The world always does. The world is God is the devil's system. Uncleanness is very deeply embedded now. And I don't really know what God could do to cleanse and sanctify the churches overall. I really don't. I'm not expecting that. Not, in, not at this stage of the game. I don't see that happening. Judgment is on the horizon. No one is going to separate themselves from this world. And as long as they'll not separate, God cannot sanctify them. I told you last week, sanctification and separation are not the same things. Separation alone is Phariseeism. Sanctification is God's work of cleansing us from the filth of this world. When we get out of it, Separate from it. 
Come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord. And I will receive you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters. As long as their eyes and ears are tuned in to what this ungodly world has to say, God cannot do anything with their adulterated, contaminated, infected, profane, sordid, unchaste minds and hearts. What can God do with your mind when you won't turn loose of the world? When you won't turn loose of that bottle? If all you'll ever do is like a nursing baby. Did you ever watch a baby nursing? He's got the, they got the bottle and you talk to him and all he'll do is cut his eye over to you. He ain't turning loose of that. And that's the way people in church are doing right now. Yes. In this matter right here. Yeah, I hear you. But all I hear is blah, blah, blah. I'm busy right here. I've got my nourishment. I've got what I need. And I understand better than you do. Unless you quit looking and quit listening to the counsel of the ungodly of this world and start getting your answers from the Word of God only, there's really no hope for you. Because you can't be pure and clean and holy before God. You can't until you quit looking, quit listening, quit searching them out, avoiding them, resisting them, their philosophy. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor uh, sitteth in the seat of the scorners, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That is the world. Now, listen, the world, what am I talking about? It's everything on this planet that contradicts God's will and God's nature. And it's every idea, every thought, every word, every action that opposes God. That's the world I'm talking about. You go to them to get advice about anything. I'm talking about life. Maybe they can fix your car. A doctor might be able to help you if you got something wrong. But when it comes to morals and right and wrong and what life's about and what's important, you sure better not take your counsel from the ungodly of this world. And you better be keen to where it's coming from and recognize it when you hear it. That thing I read right there, that should have... I mean, with me, it just, bam, right? The first words, I said, ha! World! Ungodly! Speaking against the church that Jesus bled and died for? The church that He's coming for? The Word of God that is our, our, it's everything. It's our food. It's our sustenance. It's our, Weapon, it's our sword, it's our anchor. It wasn't good enough for him, but he has better ideas. Not this old boy ain't listening to him. I ain't listening to nobody like that. No, sir. I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I've figured this thing out who's right and who's wrong. And the ungodly of this world are wrong, and they're headed to hell. And everybody that listens to them is going to. I believe that Jesus Christ is cleansing His true bride right now. I believe the true church right now is being cleansed. Those who have their ears, have ears to hear, are purifying themselves in the hope of His coming. That's what I believe. That's why I see people. He's talking to somebody the other day and how it is that People are swapping sides. Some of the people that you've all that I've always thought were in, you know, had had that they were born again and really loved God and righteousness. They're bailing. And some of those that were out yonder that I thought would, you know, they've never. They're coming in. Yeah, the herd's being separated right now. I believe that. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now that's 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3. That's a statement of fact. 
If you're hoping, if your blessed hope is the coming of the Lord, then in the times we're living in, or any time since He was ascended to heaven, you'll be purifying yourself. It'll be something you're concerned about is being right before Him so that you won't be ashamed before Him at His coming. The rest will be lost. You hear me? The rest are going to be lost. Going to be left behind to continue in their unclean and filthy, worldly, religious game they like to play. Heaven's not their home. The world is where they fit in now and the lake of fire will be their home for eternity. I don't care if they sit in a church pew of an independent Baptist church for 50 years. If they love the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Revelation 21 verse 27, And there, there shall in no wise enter into it, enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. There's a, and most Baptists nowadays think their name is written in the Lamb's book of life, but they're defiled and, and polluted from head to toe, inside and out. And they think they're going to enter into the gates of heaven when the Bible says plainly there, no. They think some God's going to do some magical thing when they die and all of a sudden they're going to be pure. And that ain't going to happen. Whatsoever is filthy, let him be filthy still. Did you ever read that? Whatsoever is holy, let him be holy still. It happens here. The preparation for heaven happens here. And the preparation for hell happens here. You like the filth. You like the pollution. You're going to get it. You're going to get your gizzard full of it for eternity. You better come out from among them now. It won't take long for the stench to start manifesting itself, though, after after the church is gone. With no salt and no light and no restraint and no cleansing agent of any kind, the world's going to become a very nasty and filthy place very quickly. There's no way words, I can paint you a picture with words about that. But there is a restraint now, it's going to be gone. Wait till you see what they do when there's no restraint, no God, when it is flat, pure darkness and the power. Jesus said, this is your hour and the power of darkness. Oh, wait. I hope you're not here to see it. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. What about the filthy in heart? What about the filthy in mind? What about the defiled? Where's their promise? Where can you go in the Word of God to hang your hope on if you're defiled and you know it? And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole heart, old spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 5.23 Did you get all that? I pray and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y All of you. Pray God your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. That's pure. What Paul's praying for the church at Thessalonica. How clean do you think you are? What if the lid could be taken off and everybody could smell what's in your soul? In your mind? In your heart? If it's not holy and if it's not pure, it's going to stink because it's filthy and corrupt. And corrupt things stink. Corruption stinks. 
It's not pleasant. There's a way to tell. Here it is. Luke chapter 6 verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. How do you know what's on the inside? That's what comes out of the mouth. That's just exactly how it is. It's the Spirit. It's the actions. It's the conversation. It's the... How else can I put it? It's what we are. It's how other people perceive us. That's what's inside of us. James chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. He says you better get serious about this matter of being defiled and unclean. You draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. The Old Testament forbid anybody to touch a leper because he was unclean, right? right? He was supposed to cry, unclean, unclean, so that nobody would come near him because he was unclean. Why was he unclean? Because he had leprosy. And, and it's contagious. Jesus touched him. <laughs> Ain't that something? How's that? Well, what happened? Did Jesus get leprosy? No, that's not what happened. The leper got cleansed of his leprosy. The leper was made clean because Jesus touched him. Jesus has to touch you. That's right. It's the only way to be clean. It's the only way possible. The mail's been delivered. Whether you open it and read it or count it as junk and throw it in the trash. It's up to you. Everyone who hears this and all of you here tonight will give account before God for what you've heard. And so, that's it. I didn't think I could get done that quick. But I, I really did my best. But I'm telling you, this is one of those matters that really is critical what the problem is. It's what causes all the heartache, all the hurt, all the grief, all the bitterness, all the divisions. It's destroying churches. I know churches that are being destroyed right now by this right here. This won't, won't turn loose of it. They're nursing off of the world and they won't listen to nobody else. They don't want nothing else. Never known anybody that really studied and searched the Word of God and got familiar and acquainted and, and really intimate with the Word of God that wanted the world's advice about anything. Do you think God missed anything in here? Did he miss something that we need to get from the world? Because he didn't say nothing about it. No! In him are all the riches of wisdom and knowledge. It's in him. And this book is about him. Oh, there's just so much more. I'm going to stop. It's time to go. Storm's probably coming. We need to go home. Please go home and think about this. Meditate on this. Examine your own heart, mind, your life. Pay attention to what you're listening to. Look, be sensitive to that, to those incoming tidbits of information that come from the world. 
those preachers of the world that are out there. And I'm not talking about church preachers. I'm talking about the preachers out there. Everybody's a sage. Everybody's got it figured out in this generation. And they got to tell you about it if you'll send them a little money. And some of them will do it for free. There's plenty that will give you plenty of ungodly advice for free. You wouldn't feed your children food that you knew had poison in it or was rotten and was going to make them sick. Would you? Think about what's going into their souls. Think about the things that are being planted in their, in their mind and heart. You can't see that. And, and it's a long, it's a sickness, a disease, a disorder that happens over a long period of time. Too. It takes a long time to incubate. But when the fruit comes forth, it's, it's rotten. Rotten. Stinks. Ruins everything. Just ruins everything. Just leaves a stench behind that just spoils it all. Don't do it. Pay attention. Father, thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the truth. Here tonight, I pray to go somewhere. Do some good. Help somebody. And rescue somebody from getting lost in this filthy world. Lord God, protect our children here. These little ones. If, if we don't pay, pay attention and take heed to this warning here, they're lost. The world's going to get them. We've got to know how ourselves to battle this filth. And we've got to know how to teach them and be that example before them. The only way we're going to teach them is be that example. Help us, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.